Comic Book Characters is an uncensored podcast. Follow the Comic Book Characters Podcast on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Neil Before Pod. We're also on Twitter at Twitter handle CB Characters, and you can also email us at cbcharacters at gmail.com. everyone out there in the CBCU, it is your friendly neighborhood podcaster, Alfred, and as always, I've got my gracious co-host, the invincible, invisible president and CEO of Snark slash uh, Stank Industries, I guess. <laughs> Ignacio, how are you doing, sir? Oh, could you hear that? Yes, of course I could hear that, you alky. Oof, I'm ready to go, man. Um, Whatever, you know you're drinking a diet Shasta. <laughs> it's a Zima. Uh, yeah, dude, I'm ready to go. That's that must that sound must be a little familiar to you though. After the week you had mm. here in Boston, that is true. A little too familiar, yeah. maybe. Um, so, as all of our loyal listeners know. Uh, last pod was the epic Civil War pod where you and I got to see Civil War together in Boston. Hated it. Uh, <laughs> worst movie of the year, along with the nerd crew. But oddly enough, we weren't all together because uh, too many nerds in the theater couldn't find enough. Too seats. many nerds, and um, it's kind of hard, man, when you're doing a 7 p.m. Thursday show and just to get everyone together and then into the theater on time. Yeah, it's like a work day. It's yeah. just tough. But you know who did definitely make it to that to that screening? That's the Falcon. Oh yeah, the guy who was sitting <laughs> next to us and spoke throughout the entire film. Just, uh, and didn't really seem to, to get. That guy. Yeah, that guy was great. Um, he didn't annoy me as wow. much because he was actually like, he was actually like saying stuff that was relevant to the movie. Was, at least, yeah, at least it was within the realm of what the movie was about. It wasn't him talking to his girlfriend about, like, how uh, this Pinot Noir tasted a little flat <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Right. Or, like, you know, answering the phone and being like, hey, man, I can't talk, and then talking for, like, two minutes. Um, yeah. Which is always a great yeah. move. Uh, but, no, uh, dude, um, we had we had quite a week. I mean, we did a lot of stuff, obviously, a lot of yeah. touristy type things, because, um, you know, this is your second trip to Boston. <clears throat> yep. Round you know, two. the typical stuff, uh, Faneuil Hall. Um, we did on Saturday, on Friday, yeah. we did the Sam Adams tour, which is really fun for anyone who's never been to Boston. I recommend it. It's, I mean, even if you lived in Boston, which you do, I would go maybe once a month, once every couple of months. Yeah, just I fun, guess. Just well, fun. yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's like, it's really cool. And I, I love it. You, you go on a tour, it's free, which is like the really cool thing about it. Uh, even though they do suggest that you put like, what, two bucks down. Uh, you don't have to, yeah. though. You can go in there for free. Um, and then you do, like, about 20, 25-minute tour, maybe 30 minutes. And then the best part is at the end of it, you get to actually sample beer. Um, yeah, 21 ounces. 21, is that really how much they give you? Yeah, 21 ounces of, of beer. And you get to keep the glass. Yeah, the little tiny glass. Like, you, you actually make out. You know, you actually, there's a bit of a profit <clears throat> you gain here. Uh, mm-hmm. But the, the thing that, like, takes it even more over the top is that there's actually a trolley that will take you from the brewery to uh, this great bar close to where I live called Doyle's 
um, which is just an institution. And it's like a big, you know, it was like an old political bar. A lot of politicians used to hang out there. And mm-hmm. a lot of movies were filmed there, as we found yeah, out from our tour quite guide. Quite a few movies. Um, mm-hmm. Who, you know, is this crazy Bostonian who does the trolley from the brewery to the bar, which is not that far. But while we were on this trolley with this crazy dude, um, he mentioned that he does these, like, late, uh, not late night, but, like, uh, basically uh, drinking, or what do you call it, drinking tours? Or, like, he, you essentially... Yeah, like a drinking trolley tour. It's a trolley tour of Boston, though. He does, like, a, a historical cho- tour of Boston. So imagine, like, any other trolley that you would take that's, you like know... Like a duck boat duck or boat. a, But you know, the cool thing is you get bus. to drink on this one. So the first stop is a liquor yeah, store. <laughs> the first stop is a liquor store. Yeah, it's great. So we're listening to that, and you and I are just like, okay, we need to do this. Let's make it happen. I, I like saucers immediately. Yeah. I mean... I I mean, I, I wasn't sure because we had already planned that Saturday we were going to go to a party. Um, actually, yeah. um, Divya's birthday party. Um, so that was like the plan for Saturday was like, all right, if we Definitely. do this trolley tour, we need to just, you know, make sure that we can get out in time. So we ease can go ease to into it. Ease into yeah, it. Yeah. Divya's birthday party. <laughs> And holy <laughs> shit, that things get out of hand quickly. Um, <laughs> oh man! First mistake oh. is we get in to the to the liquor store. Everyone's going yeah. for like six packs. Maybe like someone's. I mean, some guy did get like a big bottle of like wild turkey. Um, right. Most people got like those little bottles of liquor. Little nips. Mostly. Yeah. Li- like the little nips, right? And the, but it was mostly like wine coolers, a few beers. Yeah. And you, not being a huge drinker, but you love brandy. And this I is probably the uh, just, just the, a little the bit more than I love Monica, by the way. Oh, nice! That is <laughs> such a data reference, but I like it. Um, <laughs> Wait, is it from December sixteenth, nineteen ninety one? We should look that up to see. Well, they we were probably report, no, it's okay. not. It's no, from no, like it's like from like ninety six. Yeah, something. they're not that old. Anyway. Um, and this is maybe the most <laughs> unfortunate part of the whole thing is that you walk in, and there just happens to be this ginormous bottle of brandy for 20 bucks and you being yep. like, you know, this kind of, you know, generally type of guy who's always looking for deals where you were Love just a like, deal. that is the deal of the century right there. Like all that brandy for 20 bucks and mm-hmm. you buy it. The tour guide sees you buy it and is like, what the hell is that? <laughs> yeah. And everyone's like looking yeah. at us like, what are you, what are you guys doing? Like, this is, you realize we're going to be on what this bus do? for like an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hour and a half or something. You go through with it. Oh, I get like a little thing of Johnny Walker whiskey. Not that big. I figure if I can drink that, I'll be good. You know, I'll be I'll yeah. be pretty drunk by the end of it, but I'll be fine. And then we go on the tour, and there's something about being on this bus and being like in Boston and having this crazy tour guide who's so entertaining, like screaming out yeah. Doyle's every two minutes that it's like it's like we lost our minds i don't know or we just encourage each other too much the, the point we thought we the, were like supermen so i think the the thing i you know i keep thinking about it after the fact and it, the closest thing i can compare it to is that scene in willy wonka and the chocolate factory where the kids go <laughs> on that ferry and yep. he gets all psychedelic and then he leads them into the you know the the candy land part where they get to go nuts and just have whatever the hell they want yeah like that's what it was before adults. Like it was that, but you know, yeah, for it's us, like I lost adults. all just understanding of logic and time and space. It was just definitely lost time and space. That's, it just that became, was a goner for yeah, sure. It just became like instant gratification. Like yes, let's just <laughs> let's just do this 
to like the the best to our abilities, which included in my mind like just keep drinking. So I started like just like chugging the brandy. Like I wasn't even like sipping on it. I was just like taking big chugs. And um, yeah. we started. I mean, it started pretty tame. Like halfway through, people start kind of going onto the the middle of the bus because there's little like stripper poles essentially. So people were like dancing on the poles. And mm-hmm. towards the end of it, you and I are at such an inebriated state that we're both like dancing like crazy. We're dominating those poles. Not only we're dancing, dominating but the dance dominating. floor. And like, it's it's a sight to behold. And we're like we're driving down these small ass streets in like the North End, which is like this Italian community in Boston, where there's like a ton of tourists, and they're all staring at us because it's like <laughs> we're dancing on this bus, and it's obviously yeah. music playing really loudly. Really loudly. Um, and not only that, you, you neglect to mention, there's a little balcony area in the back where it actually faces the street. Like, so, you know, like, faces out to the street. And at one point, we both go out there yeah. and start dancing. And you start doing this thing. And then people are clapping. Yep. Well, yeah, go ahead. No, no. People are clapping. And then you started doing this thing where you would, like, point at people and then, like, yeah. do, like, a little dance while you're pointing at them. To try yeah. to get them to like smile, then, I don't know what you were. And doing, then but. get them, get them to smile, get them to dance with me, and it's and it kept working. It's it was. It's like you had this power incredible. over people. It was incredible. Yeah. Like we felt, I felt so alive for that hour and a half. It felt amazing. <laughs> I got. I mean, it got so stupid. At one point, I was like drinking a drink that one of those because there was like so many. There was other people on the bus. Uh, you right. know, there was like this couple next to me that seemed pretty normal and just were like sitting there the whole time and had a good time. There was yeah. like a younger couple, same thing, just, you know, they seemed to be having a good time, just kind of sitting in their seat. Then there was a group of like four girls that were always in the back and they would come in and kind of dance on the poles. And they, you could tell almost immediately that these chicks were going to get white girl wasted, like just right off the bat. Definitely. Definitely. There was these two big guys who were already wasted by like when we got on the bus. Yeah, before we even got on. Yeah. They were already. There was this one so creepy weird. dude, oh, which like I this guy must be on some kind of like nine one one list because this guy do, was creeping me out for the entire do, trip. Do you want to do? He looked like do you want it for, he was just. <laughs> I don't even do know. You how to do you want to do his? What? Do you want to do his laugh for the listeners? Uh, I can't even Can do it justice. It? But it, it was basically like he would always end it with like a woo, so he would be like <laughs> woo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, he yeah. was the weirdest guy, and like that guy was like, yeah, that guy was like the sidekick henchman to like <laughs> a summer blockbuster villain. He really was, uh, and he was like hanging out with the girls at one point, and like they were clearly not having it. And um, yeah. but anyway, at one point I started drinking one of the drinks that the girls had because I was like, hey, what are you guys drinking? Just so let me try it. Anyway, man, everyone gets off the bus. We're the last ones off the bus. I was just like, you know what? I'm not, even though he made more convenient stops, I was like, I'm taking this thing to the <laughs> did, end. Did we ride it to the end of the line? That's I, that's what I told you. I was like, I, just, I don't care where the stops. We're just going to get off yeah. there, and then we'll find our way home. We we Steve Rogers that yeah, all the way to I the end I wasn't worried. All the way to the end of the line. Exactly. Um, this is where things here's the, really start Here's to the other the thing, road. though. Yeah. So what the listeners don't know is that by the end of this trolley thing, and we when we got off, I had a sprained right knee from dancing. A severely, a severely the knee. I don't know. Oh, right. I honestly don't know how that happened. The ankle, I definitely remember. I had a severely sprained left ankle. Uh, but I remember when it happened, I was dancing. Yeah. And I heard it pop. I heard it snap oh, and geez. pop. I was like, that's not good. 
Uh, but I remember thinking, even in my inebriated state, I got to keep it warm, otherwise it's going to swell up. Better keep dancing. Yeah. That was hey, my you, solution. You were a dancing machine out there. Um, I was. Thank you. I didn't even realize this until yesterday, <laughs> but I have a video of you dancing to Michael Jackson's Black or White. And, like, yes. I... <laughs> Not my favorite, but good. I didn't... I didn't even remember taking that video. Like I was looking through my photos and I was like, holy crap, what, where was this from? Um, so that's, I'll always remember that. Maybe I'll put that up on the CBC web, uh, Facebook page. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. that'll get people oh, talking. Um, so dude, this is where everything falls apart. We go home. Yeah. We're destroyed. I think Alicia, my wife realizes pretty quickly. We're not going to make it a Divya's party. Poor, poor wife. In our, your poor wife. What? I said your poor wife. Oh yeah. Poor oh my Alicia. God. I felt so terrible. And like, in my mind, I'm still thinking like, "Yeah, dude, I'm ready to go. Like, I'm gonna do this." this yeah, me too. I'm ready. I'm ready to destroy this night. And uh, yeah. clearly, wasn't. Uh, I I fell like violently ill and yeah. threw up seven times. Yeah. So seven times. Seven times. You had like seven little dwarves inside you, just yeah. waiting to come out, just nonstop. And jeez, I've never, oh, I've never felt that bad after after drinking <clears throat> to the point where I was like trying to come up with theories of like what happened like i was thinking like maybe it was the reuben i ate beforehand yeah. and then i had remember I, do you remember my theory the, about the, the rufilada yeah when i drank that girl's drink i had this theory yeah. that she like that creepy guy was trying to roofie her and i drank <laughs> i drank her roofie that was not a zero percent chance there's like at least a 10 percent yeah, chance that is what happened i think i might have gotten roofied um I, i'm not I still i'm not taking that card off the table is what i'm my saying. money's on the reuben but it might have yeah. been the reuben but Anyway, man, it was a hell of a night. There's way more to it than that. Maybe we can keep talking about it because, like, you you had I passed out, but your night wasn't over, and you did some more stuff that was, um, I don't know because I can't really say because I wasn't there. But you were just, you know, what? I was determined to get to a party that I didn't yeah. know where the party actually was. I knew it was on the red line. If you tried <clears> to go to that <throat> party, I don't know oh, if I would have ever seen you again. That might have been. I know. It. That would have been it. Yeah. That would have been the end of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I luckily, even though I was super this drunk week on combo characters, point, uh, I just that's the end of the show, like, guys. Uh, Al's not. Yeah. Al didn't come back. So, yep, we're just gonna move on. <laughs> yeah, we we sent out a search party, but uh, they haven't found anything. We found a shoelace, which is weird, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it. Uh, I actually wanted to go to that party. I really wanted to make the most uh, of my time up there. That's in the Boston, worst part about it. And, is like I was. Uh, I we feel were bad. we were talking about that party all week, and like I was really jazzed for it. Super looking forward to it. Super looking forward to it. Completely blew it. Sorry, Debbie. You know, in hindsight, we had the option of doing that drunk trolley on that Friday. Remember, we could have actually that's have right. Done but we decided to do the so podcast because we were like, oh no, we need to record the podcast. That's why. Yeah, that's that's why we did. Yeah, we for did you the guys. Instead. Yeah. So. Yeah, we missed a party for you guys. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, 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 that's what we'll go with. We'll go um, with yeah, man, but it was all in all a great, great time. Got we to got go to, to see Fenway. Civil War, which is awesome. Oh, we got to go to Fenway Park? Yeah, that's right. There was a bunch of Star Wars shit going on because, yeah. of course, there was. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, just a fantastic time. For anyone out there in the CBCU that has not been to Boston, visit Boston. It's a great town, great city. Lots and lots of stuff to do. It's real easy to learn the train system. I'm not going to go on a drinking tour with you, though, if you come. So, I mean, yeah, yeah maybe. I mean, I feel like I, I definitely would go in with a different strategy this time. <laughs> definitely got to. What you got to do is, I think, here's the key. Whatever you get, 
get a small bottle of. Make everybody that you're with get a small bottle of whatever you're going to get. No, no giant bottles of brandy or bourbon no. or whiskey or anything. I think the key and the is... Don't, don't drink other people's drinks. Don't, yes, yes. That was I was going to say that. So, Buy the amount of liquor that you think you can consume, essentially the max of it, and still be okay. And then don't stray from that. And that's right. that would be my advice. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like basic knowledge, but uh, did not work for me, so... Um, but anyway, man, you know what though? I do. I. I mean, I wouldn't really change much. That's not true. I, I would change quite a bit of that. But I mean, uh, but <laughs> it at the moment, great. it was great for the hour and a half that we were on that bus. I. I never felt more yeah. alive. Yeah, it was good. It was good times. Uh, you know, after a, after a trip like that, after the drunk trolley, you know where we needed that trolley to stop at? Doyle's. To, to well, no, to sober <laughs> us up. To get to get us moving where we could have gotten to that party, if only if only Jason in the drunk trolley had stopped at Casting Corner. Oh my God! Yes, that's where we needed that to go. That would have that would have saved the day. Would have saved the day. Casting Corner is always saving the day for millions and millions of people around the world. Um, we've got so much to talk about this week. Uh, the biggest news literally just dropped right before we started recording. Uh, we're recording this on a what's today? Thursday? Friday? <laughs> oh man, I've dude. lost. Are you serious? Today's Friday. Today's yeah. Friday, right? Friday May twentieth. Okay. <laughs> Friday May twentieth. I'm still recovering from the drunk trolley. Yeah, no, I can uh, tell. <clears throat> so we got a ton of things to cover, but this is the biggest news to me. It's definitely the freshest news. It's so fresh they call it Will Smith. Uh, sorry, guys. Oh, uh, Michael Keaton is back, baby. He's <laughs> back in. He's ready for homecoming. He's ready for your Spidey. He's ready for your Robert Downey Jr. He's oh, he's ready for Marissa Tomei. Oh, okay. Michael Keaton back in. Reported with the Hollywood Reporter, Variety, among other sources. Michael Keaton back in. Yeah. Uh, to the Sony Marvel Studios joint venture Spider-Man Homecoming. What do you think, man? That's great, dude. Dream I mean, come true? Uh, I mean, for you, yeah. I mean, th- you know, this is great. So far, I mean, you have Robert Downey Jr. and Michael Keaton in yeah. in the movie. Like, that's already awesome. And Marissa <laughs> Tomei is awesome. So, I mean, we don't know much about Tom Holland, but the little we saw of him in, in Captain America, he looked like he totally killed it, totally nailed the role. Uh, and so far, everything I've read, reading about the casting sounds really promising. Um, I think the biggest concern still is with the you know the people essentially helming the film. You know, I don't think they have a lot of great <coughs> movies under their belts, yeah. but um, yeah. but there's a lot of potential here. And I don't yeah. know if this is like something that's I don't know how this is being reported or if it's just like a rumor at this point, but. The other part of this that I thought was even crazier is that he's being linked with the character Vulture, which you mentioned, like, weeks ago. Yep. And, like, I was like, Thank no, you. that's not going to happen. Vulture, first of all, Vulture, like, nobody fucking cares about Vulture. And, two, it was, like, just too obvious. Like, he had just done Birdman. But, no, <laughs> apparently he's going to be – That's or at least that's the rumor. He's going to be Vulture. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised yeah. by that, man. Yeah, supposedly the Vulture's technology is going to be influenced by the Shatari from Avengers. Oh, wow. Uh, so cool. that, that's kind of cool how they're linking it together. Um, I mean, you know, for two for two schlubs on the internet uh, that are in 
states that are nowhere close to California or New York. Well, you're kind of close to New York, I guess. But, you know, the main hubs of kind of where Marvel operates, we sure we sure seem to peg a lot of stuff early. Oh, I'm giving and, you full uh, credit for this one, dude. I did not see this one coming. And But, uh, you know, the, another you thing know, I didn't realize that John Malkovich was originally going to play this character in Sam Raimi's Back Spider-Man in the Sam 4. Raimi, yeah. Sam Raimi days. Uh, I remember reading about which that I guess a long time ago. kind of makes sense that they would you know, that they would try to bring the Vulture character to life if he was already essentially in the plans to, um, even though it's a different movie, uh, right. the fact that he was even brought up as a character that would show up in the cinematic universe um, is interesting. I mean, it's it's interesting it's, co- it's kind of always been on the back burner in some sense for them. Yeah, because, I mean, yeah. in Spidey's kind of, like, rogue gallery of, of villains, I mean, where's Vulture really? Is he even a top ten? Yeah, he's top ten. He's I mean, top he's, 10? He, he came out in issue number two. He also came out in issue number seven, like the, the of the original, you know, Spidey comic. No back shit, in I didn't know that. So, 60s. so he, this he's guy, the second is, character, yeah. Oh well, yeah, but that doesn't mean shit. Dude. There's a lot of terrible characters. I'm sure, like the third issue was like, oh yeah, you know, no, microwave man or something. Uh, third issue was Doc Ock. So. <laughs> oh, keep going, nerd. <laughs> what else you got? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Issue four was Sandman. Okay, well that's issue. Five, okay, so Doc Ock. I don't know. Um, Sandman, Vulture, Green Goblin didn't come out till issue fourteen. Yeah. So, but I mean, as Electro, far as like the big like issue villains, nine. I mean, you must have thought of this. Like, where do you? How do you rank Spidey's villains? Is it uh, too hard? I mean, it depends on who's writing it, really. Usually in the comics, because. But I mean, if you if I've you seen... were to kind of look at it all as a whole. You would say, uh, Doc yeah, Ock would definitely be Green one. Green Goblin and Doc Ock yeah. are like the top two for sure, the top two. But then everyone else is kind of in the in the middle, essentially. I mean, then you have a bunch. <laughs> yeah, of Yeah, it, de- it bottom, definitely but. drops off after that. I think you got Lizard. Yeah, I think you got Lizard, Electro, Vulture, Mysterio, Rhino, Sandman, all kind of in a pack there. Sandman, yeah. Okay. And then after that, it's like a bunch of other randos. All right. Well, anyway, man, but, uh, this is great fucking news, and like you, you must be so jazzed for this movie. I'm saying, you know, because the reason I'm so jazzed is that last time we talked about this, we were kind of lamenting the fact that we lost Michael Keaton. We're like, oh, cool, we got Robert Downey Jr. Like, that's great, super happy about that. But it's like, oh, we got Robert Downey Jr., but we lost Michael Keaton. Ah, oh, sucks. Michael Keaton's pretty great. Yeah. But now he's back, and now we've got both of them. Uh, you know, that's. That's great. Uh, I I know it's he's quote unquote in final negotiations, so technically things could still come off the rails. But let's just let's hope that it all works out. I would love to see Keaton, you know, in that film with Rob Downey Jr. and Tom Holland uh, and the rest of the cast. So July seventh, two thousand seventeen. Yes. So start planning Can't your trip. Come quick to enough. Boston, or maybe I'll, I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe we should. Maybe we should. Yeah, I say maybe or maybe we meet like in Vegas or something. Like, just gonna... <laughs> oh Jesus! Although after Can you the imagine? Trip, probably, we yeah. might not survive that. Okay, so we probably would. <laughs> but uh, okay, so this actually isn't in the order that we had originally like kind of scheduled everything for this particular pod. But I did see something on our list that kind of ties to this, so I want to jump to that. Okay. Uh, so the other kind of interesting rumor for Spider-Man: Homecoming. And it also addresses a big problem that people have had, people I mean like fans of the MCU, and it's the connecting of the TV and Netflix universe to the films. It seems like the shows will reference the movies in some way, 
but the, it doesn't go the other way around. Like the movies really don't reference anything right. that happens on the TV side, whether it's Agent Carter, Agents of Shield, you know, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, like any of that stuff. Like it doesn't really seem to get referenced in the movies. But that could change because it's being reported and rumored, not reported because it's kind of in the rumor stage still, but that maybe Vincent D'Onofrio could make an appearance in Homecoming as the Kingpin. Dude, I mean, just keep adding big names to this movie. Um, It just keeps sounding more and more promising. Um, I think that would be really smart. And I, I think it's actually also smart for the cinematic universe not to reference the shows because the shows let's be honest are kind of bad i mean they're not great i I mean the netflix shows are cool and i think that's why they're considering having kingpin in there because daredevil really is a really well done show and you know jessica jones also got really good reviews and like that that whole series seems to be um really highly regarded and like i could see them trying to incorporate a character like daredevil into a movie at some point whereas you know, Agent Coulson, for all we know, is still dead in the cinematic universe. Um, right. They don't I actually him at all. Did you did you read that thing that um, was it Joss Whedon or who? I don't know who was behind Agents. It might have been Joss Whedon who yeah. said that like at the end of Agents of Shield, it's supposed to just be like a like Col- Agent Coulson's fever dream the whole season, the whole series. Yeah, the whole series. Yeah, that's right crazy. He died. That's fucking crazy. That's... <laughs> like yeah. how. How terrible must that feel to like waste that much time watching a show that is just in some dude's head? Um, yeah, that's like Saint Elsewhere all, shit right there. But uh, not only that, like in Shield, Agents of Shield, they reference like 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 um, Winter Soldier and stuff. Like things that happen in Winter Soldier are referenced in the show. So but that makes I remember sense. I, oh, I see what you're saying though. Yeah, go ahead. I'm saying like if you're saying it's a fever dream, then everything's a fever dream. You know, in a way. I see what you're saying. The like, fact that stuff that actually happens after Coulson's death in the MCU is referenced on the show means yeah. that either Agent Coulson is like Nostradamus, or like <laughs> maybe he is, or maybe he's like maybe or maybe he's like half conscious in his fever dream, so he does yeah. kind of know. But maybe they have him hooked up to like a Cree machine, it's like you know, it just, or like a Chitauri machine. It just machine. keeps getting it's... darker and darker the more you think about it. It's just like poor Colson is like living through yeah, all this dude, shit. Yeah, this poor guy. I mean, if he's actually God. alive, then like, why are none of the Avengers going to visit him? They never even bring yeah. him up. It's like he's dead. Didn't they love him? I mean, like they cared about him, right? They were really. It's like, oh, he's. Died. Oh wait, he's gonna be like on life support now. Nah, I'm out. <laughs> Uh, that's gonna bump me up bro i'm out like i'm done <laughs> uh i find that uh, whole thing weird but like like i said i think it makes sense it's a like, weird it's a weird relationship right but them. also like you I, I i just don't think you should connect those two worlds um at least not with agents of shield and agent carter well agent carter they they canceled it you know yeah. Yeah. i mean it's, it's done they, they might move it to netflix possibly but I just don't um, think network TV lends itself well to that kind of stuff. And, like, I think the Netflix shows are doing really well. And I think the fact that they're considering Kingpin is is a commentary on how well they're doing. I think they're noticing that, and they think that those two worlds can coexist. But if you're kind of a you know, average to below average show, like, eh. I'm actually cool with Marvel being like, nah, we're not going to reference you guys. Yeah, and actually, one of the uh, one of the actors from Agents of Shield, Chloe Bennett, who plays uh, Daisy, she's one of the main characters. She got really pissed apparently at a convention. Like they asked her a question. I saw like, that. Hey, how come how come they don't reference you guys? And she's like, I don't know. 
Why don't they? This bullshit. Like, she got really mad. And it's cool because that means she's passionate and, like, they want to be able to interact and stuff. And I get it from a creative standpoint. But you also get it from a business standpoint. Like, the MCU is such a runaway train of success. You don't want the shows weighing it down in any way or, like, the movies having having to be beholden to any storylines that the TV shows are doing. Um, I, I mean, I get it. Although I do agree with you. I think if they are going to connect them in any way, I think the Netflix series is the way to go uh, because the Netflix series aren't beholden to things the way the network shows are, you know, so there's there's more ability to to connect things together, to, to, to take leaps of faith, to push the envelope. And you don't have a character and, who's dead in your universe who's alive in another. <laughs> I mean, there's some real issues yeah. there. And then also you've got Daredevil and Punisher, right? And those are two two pretty big heavy hitters for Marvel. Like, so you've got characters that that people want to see on the big. That's screen. yeah. That's, that's another really good point. Is like these are these Agents are major, of Shields. Like, yeah. they're just kind of random. Right, right. Whereas Daredevil for the and and even I mean, you could even see someone like Luke Cage even being involved um, in in the MCU at some point. I mean, these are <laughs> mm-hmm. big characters in the in the in the comic book universe. So I can imagine Marvel at some point has a plan to use them in the movies. Um, they've got, they've got a lot of toys to play with. I'm pretty happy with the way everything goes. I watch agents of shield. I'm, I like this show. I definitely see why some people don't like it. It, it doesn't hold up to the level of the movies or in the Netflix series. Yeah. Uh, but it's still good on its own. It should be interesting uh, though, because, and as we'll get to later in the show, uh, Netflix may be getting more properties. And so yeah. it's going to be create this issue where it, it might almost be like house house. Um, you know, Fox has X-Men separate from other properties or, you know, Sony has Spider-Man and like they, they don't really coexist. Uh, and maybe right. like Netflix just becomes the home for these characters, and there's not. I was gonna. I, I could see that too. I could see at some point where they, uh, uh, Marvel ends up deciding that net, net, uh, network television is not the way to go. They end up either canceling Agents of Shield outright, or moving it to Netflix. Yeah, right. And then maybe change it a little bit because they also were planning another show called Marvel's Most Wanted. It was going to be a spin-off show that was also going to be on ABC, but they decided to not move forward with that. So what that tells me is exactly what you said. I think Marvel's ultimately going to decide that if they go small screen for anything, it's going to be Netflix all the way. And you can't you can't disagree with that strategy because it's working out so well for them. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, somebody. Uh, okay, so this is has nothing to do with Spidey. Nothing to do with. With well, it does have something to do with Marvel. Nothing with Netflix, though. But this is another. Really, you're the one that told me about this. But this crazy, crazy casting news, and I am so jazzed. I didn't believe you honestly when you first told me. <laughs> but none other than Independence Day's uh, Insurrection or whatever the hell that movie's called, <laughs> uh, Insurgents, Resurrection, whatever. Jeff Goldblum is going to be in Thor Ragnarok. Holy crap, man. So, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. We already know that Kate Blanchett is playing the main villain in this movie, Hela, who is the Asgardian goddess of death. Uh, if you didn't mm-hmm. know that. Um, and so, I mean, why wouldn't you? Why, why, why wouldn't you? We've already had this movie described to us as essentially like a galactic road trip with Thor and Hulk, played by Mark Ruffalo. And now we get Jeff Goldblum in it as well. I mean, 
what the hell, dude? This movie just sounds <laughs> crazier and crazier the more they, they talk about it. He's going to be playing Grandmaster, who's this cosmic character with, you know, basically, I think, unlimited power, right? I mean, I don't know what he can't do, but... He's a cosmic being, so he's definitely up there in terms of, of the things that he can do. Now, you had read a description earlier of, of kind of how that character operates. Do you have that up, or could you paraphrase it? Because I really love the way... It, you had yeah. described it to me. For this th- is from Gizmodo. Um, cosmic character from the comics who is incredibly powerful and uses said power to essentially dick about in the universe and play games. <laughs> so, I mean, if that isn't the most Jeff Goldblum yeah. character, that we there need could someone be. to just like dick about in the universe. Yeah, that's totally Jeff Goldblum. I mean, oh, man. you couldn't have found a perfect, just, more perfect guy. Just nailing it with the casting again, as always. Marvel just killing it with the casting. He's such I mean. a yeah, and like I love the like the idea of making him this kind of otherworldly being. Because oh, that makes so that makes perfect sense. He's naturally that way. Like he he's seems so like weird. an alien. Like just he's in such natural a weird guy talking. So like I I think that's great, dude. I think it's perfect. Yeah, I could I could totally see him being. Uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy too, I think you yeah, could have worked there. Definitely, I hope that that happens. I was thinking the same thing. The thing is, I'm the not more, been like into yeah. the Thor movies as much as the other ones. I am actually yeah. really excited about this movie just because it this sounds might be the insane. Thor, this might be Thor's like Winter Soldier. This might be the movie that like I agree where people really gra- jump on the Thor bandwagon. I think this, this might one. be and, the movie too where like they can really, you know, people might buy into the whole. Thor story and mythos and mythos and, yeah because it, it does feel separate from the rest of the Avengers and it doesn't help that he's not in Captain America Civil War either um, but you know if, if you make a really fun movie in this environment in the same way that that Guardians of the Galaxy did all of a sudden people will buy into that storyline and will want to see more of it so uh, it could really be a big moment for Thor I, I hope yeah. so man I, I love the idea of pairing yeah. him with Hulk and having other characters in here and and the casting just sounds awesome so far. So I have I have really high hopes for this movie. Also, like Guardians of the Galaxy, it's it's supposedly going to take 90, 95%. Uh, the setting is going to be in space, like in other galaxies or in other realms. Right. It's not going to be taking place on Earth. So, um, Guardians of the Galaxy? No, the Thor oh, movie. Oh, the Thor, yeah, yeah. Uh, right. So yeah, it's what a galactic road trip is that what they call it? Galactic I can't road trip. Yep. I, I love so, the I love the whole idea. Awesome. Of it. Yeah. Let's just hope Tom Green doesn't show up. <laughs> I love making these super dated ref- references. Yeah. Man. I don't this think anyone's even getting that. Well, maybe I don't know. Tom Green was pretty big for a little a little while for like for like two seconds. He's married uh, Drew Barrymore. That's right. How about that. So let's talk a little bit more about big casting news. Uh, mm-hmm. Michael B. Jordan, who yeah. uh, played Creed. In that excellent movie, Creed, recommend it, highly recommend it, um, was also in Fruitvale Station. And I mentioned these two movies because they're both directed by Ryan Coogler, who is also going to be directing Black Panther. And guess what? Michael B. Jordan apparently is going to be in that movie as well. These two are Sweet. really working together quite a bit. Um, and that's cool when you see those those kind of pairings. He's probably going to play. Kinda, it's kind of like a uh, sorry, I didn't mean to no, interrupt. It's, it's kind of like a uh, Scorsese uh, DiCaprio DiCaprio yeah. kind of situation going on. There. Yeah, I could see it. Um, obviously, which is great. Uh, work well together. Um, Michael B. Jordan is probably going to be playing a villain, which I, they haven't said who it's going to be, but I would imagine it'd probably be Black Panther's 
biggest nemesis, Pink Panther. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> I don't know who's going to play that. Yeah. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> Are you shaking? Uh, yeah, uh, so that's good. That's really good. Uh, Lupita good. Nyong'o is also going to be in this movie. Right. Um, uh, so off of Star Wars. Right. She was... Uh, yeah, but she wasn't... I mean, she was barely in... I mean, you never Mas even Kanata. saw her in the movie, right? She never... Well, no, but, you know, she was like the... You know, they did the motion capturing, the yeah. alien stuff. Her voice acting was great. They, they did facial capture for the character, so, I mean, it was still technically her acting. Um, what did she... She won an, uh, an Oscar for something, didn't she? Was it... um? Uh, 12 Years a Slave, maybe? 12 Years a Slave, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Uh, anyway, um, so that's good acting, or good casting. Um, it is good acting. And good acting good and casting. good casting. Again, Marvel killing it with the casting. I don't know, man, they're just... They're, they really they're, are. I, they're, they're, the people that do their casting, I mean, they. I hope they're getting compensated really well, because they, they are just crushing it. Uh... Yeah, and so sort of. I mean, I I like Chadwick yeah. Boseman as as Black Panther. I thought it was really good. Uh, I mean, is it I read Boseman some, or Bosman? Is it Bosman? It might be Bosman. I'm not really sure how you pronounce it, it's but um, I heard some people like kind of saying that they weren't too crazy about the Black Panther character in the movie, and I, I guess I can what? understand that. I mean, he's a little stoic and not showing a whole lot of personality, but that's kind of how he is in the comics. And I mean, like you know, he's he's also you're just introducing him, so like you know, he's got his whole movie coming up. Um, where you're going to be able to spend more time with him. So I actually thought what I saw was pretty good. I, I was into it. Um, kind of like kind of like Wonder Woman in, in BVS. Yeah, like, right. You, you're, you're just introducing the character. You, you, they're getting their whole movie to, them, you know, to themselves later on down the line. That's where you really flesh it out. At least you hope that's what happens. I'm sure we'll see the same thing with Black Panther. Yeah. Uh, another Star Wars... Oh. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, go for it. Con- yeah, yeah. yeah. Another Star Wars connection to Black Panther, though, which... I got super jazzed about, you know, we're just talking about uh, Lupita Nyong'o, but uh, John Boyega, Finn, Finn himself. That's right, man. Uh, might, uh, is supposedly rumored to be considering a role in Black Panther, or their negotiations. So, I mean, I know that they already had said, I don't honestly remember who came out and said it. Was it Faggy that said it? Um, I, th- I think, I, th- I, think the, I know what you're going to say, and yeah, I believe it was Faggy. About how the, the cast was going to be like you know, eighty-five, ninety percent either African or African American yeah. actors. Yeah, he actually said ninety percent. Ninety percent. Okay, that's awesome, dude. That's yeah. really fucking. I mean, you you're getting you get uh, Lupita Nyong'o, Michael B. Jordan, you know, John Boyega. You, you're adding some heavy hitters there. So, I mean, John Boyega is relatively new. He's actually really great in a movie called Attack of the Block. If you haven't seen it, it's great. It's kind of like. Uh, Goonies and Alien and meets Ghostbusters and Aliens. Hey, I like all those movies. So, um, set in a in a British uh, slow or whatever the hell they call those. <laughs> what do they call the projects in the UK? Slows, right? Sl- I don't know what you're talking slow? about. Slow, slow. I don't know. Slow. Uh, slow. Oh, slow is slow. like anyway. a. I mean, that's a, like a city, I think, in in England. But isn't it like a rundown? Like, uh, not that I know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that area. You know is who not would well know? You know. It's like yeah, you know who would know? Who's that? Spidey, Mweebs, Mweebs, Thweep, Thweep, Spidey would know. Slough is. You might be thinking Slough because that's where the office takes place, the the original British office. 
Oh. The city is slow. Um, anyway, man, uh, let's let's leave Casting Corner for now. We'll, we'll be back. Um, but let's jump into some DC news. A lot of mm, a lot of Marvel uh, to to start off the show. But um, DC probably feeling a little bit of heat uh, because not only was Civil War successful at the box office and will continue to be, um, but also got really good reviews. People are calling it one of the best, if not the best, comic book movie of all time. Deadpool obviously did really well earlier in the year. Whereas Batman vs Superman had a good opening weekend, but it really, really dropped off after that, and the reviews were, for the most part, pretty negative. So they're kind of switching things up. Um, they're going to, it seems to me at least, try to do a little bit of what Marvel did, um, or has done, with, with Feige being the head of uh, essentially like a, the films division for Marvel. They're going to do the same thing with mm-hmm. DC, with uh, Jeff Johns is going to be in charge of the DC films division, mm-hmm. uh, with um, John Berg. Right. Uh, some Berg Berg news we got Berg there. Johns Berg Berg uh, yeah Berg and Johns John Bergs. Um, so you know it's obviously remains to be seen what this is how this is going to play out or what it's going to look like. Uh, but from the little that I've seen and kind of reading about Jeff Johns, you know he mentioned trying to kind of bring a little bit of hope and optimism into the DC universe. Something that I think was really. Mm-hmm missing uh, and has been missing from that um, definitely lacking yeah definitely lacking so i think it's definitely a positive development potential to be positive and i think it's at least warner brothers admitting that they may be going down the wrong road here i, I don't know what else uh, you think about this or kind of what, what what this says about what marvel or what warner brothers and, and dc are thinking right now well I'm, I'm a big fan of jeff johns uh, some people, you know, I, I have some friends and have talked to other just kind of casual comic fans that, that really don't like his writing style or what he does. But I also have some friends and I've also talked to fans that love it. And I'm, I'm in that camp. I think he tells really great stories, both on a personal level, but also he's really great at telling kind of epic storylines. There's a story he did called Blackest Night, mm-hmm. which is essentially like a zombie sort of like a zombie takeover of the DC universe, which is one of my favorite DC stories. He did a lot of great runs on the flash and green lantern, uh, green lantern who I didn't always like as a character. And then I read the Jeff Johns kind of arcs of, of green lantern. And I was like, Oh, this is great. Yeah. You know, this is really great. And the thing he did that was the best thing is he didn't just focus on Hal Jordan, the earth green lantern. He, he really went into all the other lanterns and how they're different and kind of what their stories mean. And, and that's that's really key. I think if he takes that kind of mindset and talent to the film side, uh, you're going to see more fleshed out, more developed characters beyond just Superman and Batman and, you know, I guess possibly Wonder Woman, which is good. You know, we, we need to be able to care about these other characters in order for them to really make a, a cinematic universe like they want to. Yeah. And I think, I think for DC, you know, we were talking earlier about how Marvel doesn't do crossover with the TV shows. For DC, it's a little more complicated because they have a Flash show, and like they're going to have Flash now in the movies with a different actor. And I feel like that's going to be weird, and it's it's just strange that DC actually has some shows that are that are doing pretty well, and like they probably could do more they're, crossover stuff, but they they're yeah. not. And I think they're they're maybe whereas I think Marvel in a way is kind of smart to to avoid some of those shows i think dc maybe could have helped themselves by 
by trying to well, the, to have a little more crossover there. And the thing is, their shows are good, and they're well-received, and they've got good ratings, and they're pretty critically well-received for the most part, uh, especially Flash. Flash is the, is the best one of the bunch. Yeah. And you've got Arrow, Supergirl. They've got this Legends of Tomorrow show now as well. And actually, we didn't put this on the board, but uh, another bit of news that came through is that Supergirl got picked up by CW. That's right, yeah. So now Supergirl's officially, you know, in that same you know, toy box as Flash, Arrow, and the Legends of Tomorrow folks. So, I mean, who knows what they're going to do on the TV side. They can do a lot of stuff. It's great. I really, in a way, it's almost like, and I know there's no way that this would ever happen, but DC is doing such a good job on the TV side and building their TV, like, not cinematic, but their TV universe, connected universe. I wish that DC just stuck to TV and focused all of their time, energy, and effort on TV, and Marvel did the films, and that way we would both have these really cool, dynamic comic book universes operating on different mediums. Uh, I understand why Marvel dips into the TV, and I understand why DC is trying to build the film side, but it's, it's funny because DC is so strong... On the TV side, and Marvel is so strong on the film side that I wish they could just focus on those things. Yeah, I I could see that, but I think obviously you know people are going to want a film version of Batman and Superman. You know those Definitely. those two characters are always going to be uh, too big for TV. I think, but um, you know, hey, we, we we talk a lot about DC kind of playing catch up with Marvel, and this certainly seems like another case of that. But there's no shame in that. I mean, Marvel's been doing things really well and they they created a model that no one had ever done before um so the fact that dc is trying to do the same thing i think i think is you know could potentially be positive um you know they're already i like the talking about doing a standalone harley quinn movie so you know i think mm-hmm. that could be them trying to booster gold also booster gold you know they're trying to kind of bring these more uh more personality to these movies and i think probably mm-hmm. maybe even uh, push the envelope a little bit. Maybe they could be R-rated going forward with the success of Deadpool. Um, so I think I think there's a lot of potential there. And I, I said that after Batman vs Superman, who I thought like as much as I hated that movie, I thought it was a it was it was a, a chance for DC to kind of fix things, to kind of see that okay, this was a mess. And it's not entirely encouraging because Zack Snyder's still around, and I feel like to really kind of start over you have to kind of purge <laughs> the Zack Snyder uh element like he's a virus yeah, yeah. uh but I, I think this is a positive development and I I hope that DC is at least learning from their mistakes and um th- I mean DC owns two of the biggest superhero characters ever so they have a lot of power here to do something great Ho- hopefully they can yeah, I think, and I think to speak to your point about Zack Snyder, I think the Jeff Johns John Berg duo, I think that does take away some of the power from Snyder, uh, and maybe you know maybe that's partly why they made this announcement because I know Jeff Johns has been working kind of behind the scenes in sub capacity uh, in the DC cinematic universe, but now it's like official and it's out there, and you know he he and Berg are like at the top. So I think, you know, that that makes it so that they can put more pressure on Snyder to not just like go nuts and make everything like sober and or somber and depressing all the time, I guess. Yeah. But also um, they have a lot of movies slated to come out. And Zack Snyder can't do all of them. And it's I, yeah. I've said this in a previous episode, it's 
it's it's a little tricky when you have one director who's got such a clear and distinct visual style and you're trying to make all these movies mesh together and create a universe so i think that's still going to be a problem for them and that's going to be an obstacle but um but who knows man maybe maybe having a new guy at the top can kind of steer things in a different direction um even with Zack snyder still there We'll see, man. Zack Snyder's an opinionated guy, though. I don't know how he's going to be, how he's, how you're going to approach him and be like, hey, man, can you just maybe add a, a little bit of levity to this movie? Like, maybe brighten it up a tiny bit? I don't know how he's going to take that. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting. I think that and the whole Flash, there being two Flashes, you know, like a TV Flash and a movie Flashes, those are going to be the two kind of most interesting questions for me as they, yeah, as they move for forward sure. with whatever it is they're doing. Uh, one thing, uh, there's no way for me to segue into this, or is there (laughs) one franchise that doesn't seem to have an uncertain future is the entrenched X-Men franchise that doesn't seem to have an uncertain future. I don't know about that. Yeah. I don't know. Or does it, does it have a days of future past type? (laughs) Mm, Oh yeah. See, brought it back. Uh, so we actually got word that, uh, okay. So first of all, Spoiler alert, I guess, because of the way this news is framed. So, spoiler alert, possibly for X-Men Apocalypse. If you don't want to know anything, uh, you know, just kind of skip forward. We'll try to time mark it for you when we finish talking about it. But, Jennifer Lawrence, who is at this point a very powerful actor in Hollywood, has said that it's going to take quite a bit of begging for them to get her to come back and reprise her role as Mystique in any future X-Men in, in, uh, installment. She signed a three-year deal, or three-movie deal, right? And I think this is the last which is, one. This is her yeah. third movie, right. Now, when she initially signed the, the deal, I think this was right as they were doing, like, the first Hunger Games. Yeah, she wasn't as big the of a first deal. Hunger, she wasn't nearly as big of a star as she is now. But here's the thing. You bet on her on the Deadpool. So if she's talking about being <laughs> in more films, it, it doesn't sound like she's going to die. Yeah. I got my money on Havoc. I still think that is definitely happening. Pretty happy about that. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Unless this is like a giant swerve and this is like... Ooh, it could to... be. I mean, it could be, especially if she's really not coming back. And like, I'm not really sure what the benefit... I mean, I think she's just an, an opinionated... Or not... I shouldn't say that. That makes it sound negative, but uh, she's outspoken, right? So like... She's, she's a vocal. She's, she's a vocal she's vocal, person. vocal and like... Yeah. And she doesn't hold back. And I think that's one of the reasons people really like her. Um, yeah. But I don't really know what the benefit of saying this publicly was. It was essentially saying that she she had conversations with other people in the cast, big names, like Michael Fassbender and I don't know who else she mentioned, someone else. I think James McAvoy. Maybe James McAvoy. Um, basically saying like, hey, are you coming back for the next movie? And they're like, uh, I don't know. Are you? And essentially kind of almost made this pact like if we don't, if they don't bring us all back, then we're not coming back. And and I don't know. That's some. That's some pressure, though. That's pressure, I mean, but I also don't know what that means. Does that mean we'll come back at a at a price, like, or is it just like? I mean, what 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 is it hinging on? Essentially, I, I don't know. Um, is it is it just money? Because I mean, Jennifer Lawrence has described the experience of being Mystique as like almost like hell on earth. Like she fucking hated it. So, well, I know. In, I know in the first film, she was in makeup for sixteen hours. Yeah. I mean, I, of course you wouldn't want to do that. No one would want to do that. Right. I don't care how much money you're getting paid. That would be, that would be insane. Like, I can't believe she did go through that. Yeah. So, you know, whereas, well, Michael Fiasbender's got to put on a helmet. Oh, 
<laughs> right. It's not equal. Yeah, you're totally right. It's it's completely different to play Mystique and. Oh no, James McAvoy has to sit in a chair for <laughs> an hour. <laughs> He's all like complaining, like, "Oh, my legs are all cramped." While she's like sitting there, sixteen hours putting can't fucking move. blue paint. Can't on. move an inch for sixteen hours. Um, I don't uh, blame her, man. I mean, three movies is already quite a bit, and yeah, um, I, I the thing is though, I feel like if she's, I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm always preaching like when you have an opportunity to kill a comic book character, not that I'm all about killing them. I don't want all, them all to die. I'm not like a fucking <clears throat> evil, you know, evil villain here. I'm maybe kind of, but like when you have a character like mystique who maybe I don't think that many people are going to miss. And you know, you know that it's going to be hard to bring this actress back. Why don't you just kill her off and like, have yeah. that be like an emotional moment in this movie that kind of yep. maybe sways things and, and make your movie a little bit, different than every other disaster movie where it's like okay this guy's gonna end the world and then the good guys win you know um which i haven't seen the movie yet so I'm not, i don't know i just assuming that's what this movie is because it's it seems like it might be somewhat predictable and um you know another thing to mention is the movie really hasn't been getting great reviews and i think people are maybe we're yeah. expecting something a little bit more out, outside the box and and from what i'm reading the reviews are that it's just a little too little too cookie cutter and and from what I'm reading, they kind of they kind of missed a, an opportunity to to use Oscar Isaac, I think, well in this movie. Um, oh, that bums me out. Yeah, and and it kind of makes sense, right? Because I mean, it, it is weird casting to have him play Apocalypse. Um, he's a great actor, but um, why not have him where he could essentially uh, maybe show a little more personality instead of just a yeah, he's know, just gonna be like a like a like a doom bringer, like a behold you know like a whole bunch of that yeah whereas it would have been better to have him be have a little more personality and play off some of the other really great actors on this on this cast so um they might have squandered that opportunity um but i think the good thing for oscar isaac is like he's so unrecognizable in this movie that he could still be in another superhero movie it wouldn't look as bad oh on that note just as you're saying it i was thinking tell me what you think about this just there's nothing this is just me right it's just my idea Oscar Isaac as Eddie Brock slash Venom. Oh God, dude! Yes, right? Yes. I mean, I would I sign up on him being about anyone. It. And like, I, my dream is like he would be Tony Stark once, once. Um, oh yeah. Once Robert Downey Jr. decides to hang it up, uh, I think he would be yeah. really good as Tony Stark. But yes, I agree with that as well. But yeah, I was just thinking like, oh man, you know where he could really show his range is is is, is Venom because. You know, that character is supposed to be a, a person who is initially, like, you know, a regular person, more maybe morally gray sometimes, but, you know, but then just goes into madness, yeah. like, the more he gives into the symbiote. So I could just totally see Oscar Isaac doing that transition so well. And uh, anyway, yeah. so I mean, I that out there to the give him kind of meaty, meaty roles where he can show some mm-hmm. range, and I don't think Apocalypse Delicious. is necessarily that kind of guy. Yeah. Um, so anyway, man, what do you think? Is this the end of is this the end of this series of X Men? If if we don't it get some of the biggest names coming back, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, I think they're you know, I think Fox probably got a little big for their bridges because they had such a success uh, with Deadpool, right? And they're like on top of the world. And if the reviews are right on X Men and it doesn't perform as well, and you've got J Law pushing back and essentially saying, look, if if you don't bring us all back, we're none of us are coming back. They might have to reevaluate what they're going to do because 
it is going to be hard to keep bringing back Jennifer Lawrence into a franchise at this point. Yeah. Uh, I would, rightfully I would so. Surprised. She's earned it, but I'm just saying that's a hard thing to do now. Um, so I don't know. I really think it, it'll, I definitely will get more into this after we see the movie and talk about it on the podcast, but I think there's going to be a lot of big question marks for Fox moving into 2017. I agree. Well, let's, let's hit some, some quick, some quick hits here uh, yeah. before we wrap up. Um, another bit of news, AMC, which is slowly becoming like the home of comic book uh, yeah, shows. Yeah, for them. Um, is thinking or considering doing a comic book kind of miniseries documentary, which to me sounds fucking fantastic. Um, I, uh, I'm a big fan of the, of the book, Marvel Comics, The Untold Story. Uh, mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. Um, it's just, it's so fascinating to read about the backstory. And um, I think a lot of people, especially on the Marvel side, um, tend to, to give a lot of credit to Stan Lee, and he, and he certainly deserves a lot of it. Um, but... Uh, the, 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 there's a lot of other hands. There's there a lot of other hands there too, and I think it would be cool to to hear about their stories. Jack Kirby, in particular, is like, I, I think you can make a whole movie about that guy. Um, it really is incredible. Some of the Jack, stuff he did. Jack Kirby and also Bill Finger on the DC yeah, side. Yeah, right. Because uh, Bob Kane gets all the Batman credit, but really Bill Finger had just as much, if not more, to do with it. So there's all of these kinds of interesting stories. Um, littered out, littered throughout all of comic history. And the thing is, it, they cover such a large span of time in, in American culture that they really could do a fantastic kind of Ken Burns, probably oh, yeah. maybe even more produced Ken Burns-style documentary where like maybe one episode is just Jack Kirby and one episode is just Bob Kane and Bill Finger. Uh, well, plus, you can go through like the, um, the McCarthy-era... You know, where they, they, the seduction of the innocent, uh, where that doctor, psychiatrist said that comics were causing uh, boys to turn gay. I mean, it's <laughs> right. just, there's all this stuff there, though. And you've got also the war effort and how Captain America played a role in, in like the war. It's just, there's so much. There is so much that they could cover and do. I hope AMC goes through with it. I hope they, they put some of that Walking Dead money into the production. And I'm really excited at the idea of this existing. I, uh, I really think it'd be a great thing for everyone. Yeah, I love behind the scenes comic stories, and I feel like it, it would be cool to bring a lot of these stories and and give them some context. You know, for what, what what they were trying to do at the time. I think if you go back and read an old comic, it might not mean a whole lot to you now, but um, it would be cool to to put it in the context of of the times that it came out, and um, you know, some of the comics that were about civil rights, and um, you know, what the creators were trying to do with that. So. Uh, that sounds really cool, and like I, you know, as much as I loved reading the Marvel Comics book, uh, one of the frustrations that I, I every time they would talk about, you know, a, a different storyline that they would try in the comics, or um, you know, some guy whose book was selling really well, or what, whatever it was, um, I, I always wanted to see what that comic looked like. You know, sometimes they would talk about right. some of the art, and you know, it didn't have a companion piece, and this is a, a chance to, to show some of that stuff. Uh, yeah, especially when they. When they were like in that book, just real quick, like they're talking about Daredevil, right? And Bill Everett's art yeah. on uh, Daredevil. I think it's Bill Everett, and how you know, like that was a big part of it. But then you don't see it, you know, like you don't see the the art that yeah, they're right. talking about, and, and it's just unfortunate. But uh, yeah, hopefully this documentary. And the one thing, other thing, I hope that the AMC does with this is that they give equal time to DC and Marvel and image and the other independents you know like to present a really true history of the of the medium 
and not just focus on one particular publisher or the other. I'm sure they will. Um, I mean, especially with just Batman and Superman alone. I mean, there's so much uh, to cover there. So I'd, I'd be surprised if they didn't. But, um, yeah, I'm with you. I hope they do. Uh, okay, so real quick, quick hits. Uh, this is actually pretty big news, and we'll get into it more uh, in a future podcast. We just want to mention it. So there's a rumor right now that, that they're going to be bringing in a tr- a trinity, if you will, of characters into Netflix's next uh, grouping of superhero uh, programming. And I'm, of course, talking about Ghost, uh, Ghost Rider. I almost call him Ghostbuster. <laughs> <laughs> Ghost Rider, Blade, and Moon Knight. Um, just what, what are your initial thoughts on those three characters coming to Netflix? Do you think they're, they're all adequate? Do you think they would fit? <laughs> I've never been a big Blade guy. I, I do like the first Blade. I think it's really well done. I love the, the opening of it um, with the dance club and the vampires. thought that was yeah, yeah. really well done. Uh, but I'm just not a big vampire guy, so it doesn't do a whole lot for me. Mo- uh, Ghost Rider, I think, is a story that has a lot of potential. I, I do kind of wonder about... I mean, it's also... I feel like you need a quite a bit more of a budget. Special yeah, effects, yeah. Because, I mean, it's a fucking flaming a fucking flaming skeleton or a skull um yeah and i feel like as cool as that looks in comics sometimes maybe it doesn't translate uh, onto the screen it looks a little silly um yeah and so i don't know how that's gonna play i think the story can be good and i think they could do a good job with that i don't know about the special effects moon knight i think is probably the best yeah option because it's, it's a character people are not really all that familiar with and i think could could bring something could bring something different to the to the to the Netflix world. So I don't know. I'm skeptical about all of them. I mean, Blade would be easy, but I also kind of feel like are we really going to get a better Blade than the first original Blade movie? You know what I mean? I feel like we've kind yeah. of already done it. We have done it and I don't know if it's going to be done any better than that. That's true. I think Blade, especially Blade and Moon Knight are are street level kind of characters and I think that works really well with Netflix. Uh, they've proven that they're they're good with those. Uh, I think you definitely bring up a good point a good point about blade and how we already have a really great representation. Is this like a much lesser version of Christopher Reeves as Superman yeah. in which every other version of this character kind of pales com- in comparison to the original? Maybe, maybe that'll be the case. And I think also you're right. Uh, Ghost Riders, uh, the special effects required to bring that character to life. It, uh, it can definitely be done. I don't know how feasible that is. On how would a you feel if budget for Netflix they did thing. a Ghost Rider show where instead of the flaming head, he just like was a, a biker who had like those like crazy masks that you put on your head that look like a skull or skull. Yeah. Skull. Okay. Yeah. So like just Johnny blaze. So essentially make it a like, little bit more yeah, gritty and kind of fit in the world of Daredevil and those other shows. Yeah. Kind of like a more realistic. Take. But do you think I... the nerds would, I think the nerds would revolt if you did that. Uh, yeah, I don't think they would like that very much. Um, I, I would be on board with it though. I don't need the flaming. I skull. would. I would like to see. I would like to see what that would look like. And hey, if it's a good story, if it's a good story, that's all I care about at the end of the day. You make the story dynamic and entertaining. I'm in. I I just um, personally don't need the flaming skull. I don't think. It, yeah. I don't think it's. I know it's a big. I mean, it, it is the look, right? But I don't. I don't think you need to do it for a show. I think you can do his story well. And and make it cool without without doing the flame school. Let me propose something to you. What if they do kind of like what they did with Daredevil, where most of the season is yeah. Johnny Blaze, the guy, yeah. 
and he gets possessed by the ghostwriter spirit or whatever demon and he's gradually turning like he he like I think that's the you way know to what go. I mean and I think they probably and just would kind of that. Yeah. draw that out draw it out for the whole season and maybe like in the last episode one flaming skull yeah just I could see that at the very tail end that I think that would probably be the smart way to do it and I I'd, I'd be on board with that that's I, I yeah I think that's how I would want to do it too and I think if, if they went that way it could work out really really well for them you know you know who's a character who's probably not redeemable <laughs> even on a Netflix is your favorite superhero of all time I'm of course talking about Hawkeye oh god damn and this won't die, dude. Hawkeye is the man who will not die. He must be Superman <laughs> under under that under that weird leather trench coat that he wore in uh, Age of Ultron <laughs> because he will not die. Not only does he not get killed off in the movies, there are rumblings and rumors, and I think most of them are from Jeremy Renner's uh, agent and Jeremy Renner himself, kind of pushing for a solo Hawkeye Netflix series. Now, Ugh, no. Okay, <laughs> I already know how you feel about this, but you had to admit of all of the Avenger characters, his is the easiest one to transition into a Netflix show because of his lack yes. of abilities. Yeah, I, I agree, and it's not that I wouldn't give it a chance. I just maybe maybe my conflict here is just Jeremy Renner. Yeah, um, and I've gone over this on the show before. It's not anything against him. I just think he's kind of miscast. I think he's a natural villain. And I just, I don't, I'm just not into it, man. And, and yeah. you know, part of I, it is just because he, we've only ever seen him in an ensemble cast where every other character is just more interesting. <laughs> so it's like... See, here's the thing. So I, I read the Hawkeye comic, right? It's written by, I want to say Matt Fraction. It's really good. It's really, really, really good. And it, and it plays on a lot of, like, Hawkeye being kind of the lamest Avenger kind of tropes. And... And how people don't respect him, essentially. Right. And and so the stories that they tell in that comic are really great. And I could totally see them being the kind of things you could do on a Netflix show. But I'm with you. I just... I don't really like Renner that much either. And I'm, I'm kind of tired of him. And I also feel like he's mailing it in half the time. Yeah. Uh, so I would prefer someone else. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I also don't think it's that likely that this actually happens. But it does keep coming up uh, quite often that, that Hawkeye is going to be around in some capacity. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be too negative about it. It's like, whatever. I mean, I, I would watch it. I'd give it a shot. Um, yeah. I just, everything I've seen of, of that character so far is not making me not making me interested. And like we said, when we were watching... In the last episode, you know, watching Civil War, he was the only character who got no reaction from the crowd. That's true. That's Zero. legit. That was there. There might have even true. been a grumble. Like, oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Last thing? So, yeah, I think this is going to be the last okay. thing. And then I'm going to leave us and the audience with a question at the very end for us to have a kind of a conundrum, if you will, to, uh, to think about until the next episode. Oh, I like that little cliffhanger. But the last. Yeah, the last thing that we're going to talk about, though, in earnest, is, of course, Preacher is going to be debuting on AMC this Sunday. Um, they've been showing little, like, 30-second mini-trailers all over the place, all over the internet. And they, they're they all... There's so many of them, really. It's crazy. But if you watch them, I still don't know what's going on. Uh, really psyched about the show. I can't wait to see how that turns out. Um, 
Really looking forward to it. I think it comes on when Game of Thrones comes on. What am I going to do? <laughs> I don't know. That's why I have HBO Go. Don't worry about it, kids. <laughs> um, but are, how, are you excited for Preacher? Finally, it's already on us. It's like it's so... I can't believe it's already here. Yeah, so excited. I'm, I'm really hoping that Alicia is going to be into it so I don't have to, like, sneak in to watch it in the bedroom by myself. Um, uh, probably helps yeah. that, you know, Jesse seems to be a pretty good-looking dude in the show. I think that's yeah. going to help my chances. Mm-hmm. Um, For the ladies. Yeah. Uh, Drew, who's part of the nerd crew, already saw the pilot um, because of the perks of his job and loved it. Uh, but, nice. you know, he's a giant nerd, so that doesn't really mean much. Um but no, man, I'm I'm super jazzed. I know that it's not going to be like the comic, and I'm not going to hold it to that standard. Uh, but I'm excited to see what they do with these characters and where they take it. Um, I think there's a lot of potential to make a really cool original show, um, really like nothing we've seen before. Um, so, yeah, I'm all in, man. I'm excited for it. Yeah. Well, so we'll definitely be covering that on a future episode of Combo Characters. And the question that I leave for everyone who is listening and feel free to get at us on email at cbccharacters at gmail.com on Twitter at CBC characters or CB characters. Um, or, you know, Facebook, all of that stuff, Neil before pod. The question is this, can Magneto lift Thor's hammer? Yeah. Comic conundrum for next time. A uh, little credit book goes characters. to Christine uh, for sending me this little meme thing. But um, but yeah, it's a good question. So think about it. Think about it, nerds. Uh, but anyway, man, until then, until next mm-hmm. week where we'll talk about all of the news and I guess maybe our I guess our last show before the X-Men movie comes out, um, which mm-hmm. I'll be watching probably next Thursday with the nerd crew. I need to get my tickets. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Might want to act fast on that one. Uh, but anyway, guys, until then, thanks for listening. But the Fortress of Potitude is closed. See you next week. Stay super, everyone. Later. Later.